This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the show. Cameron Poitras, Jim Toth, and Jim, before we get into anything here, uh, Marty Klinkenberg, uh, Leafs writer with the Globe and Mail, uh, lots of other stuff to get to at Jets at Noon. Did you let him in? Who's this guy? Well, he's sitting here in the studio, and I'm wondering. I, I didn't know say, that guy. I didn't say it was okay for him to come he's on the, the air. He's the singer. Jimmy, the <laughs> singer. You sing, you you sing, sing well. good. <laughs> Yes, very happy to welcome in Tyson Rewicki to the program. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. I'm super excited to be in here with you guys. And it seems like Jim Toth, he just can't can't escape the Rewicki clan. Why? You know, just, it's you guys are like a bad rash. Keeps coming back. You try steroids. Just when you get rid of one Rewicki, there's another goalie coming at you. But you weren't a goalie, were you? No, I was not no, a goalie. Yeah. Thank okay. God. Thank well, goodness. Welcome aboard. You're doing a great job in the morning run. You're... You're riding shotgun with Cam Poitras, so your future is at least another six months. (laughs) So I'm really thankful for that. Uh, Tyson's here. He's uh, filling in for me uh, in a couple weeks when I'm on vacation. So really looking forward to that. He's been doing a great job. So happy to have him on the show and ride shotgun with us and learn the ropes a little bit for the show. Uh, And, of course, be a part of the ongoing conversation here as we welcome in Marty Klinkenberg. He's a Leafs rider with uh, the Globe and Mail, as I mentioned before. Marty, how you doing? I'm doing fine. For a second there, I was a little bit nervous because I thought that some stalker had broken into your studio (laughs) and that you you thought it was me, right? (laughs) I didn't want to to end up being part of some horrible thing that happens in Winnipeg. So, Marty, I know it's radio, but if I blink three times, that's code for help me. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, or tap three times on the table. Okay? <laughs> we will, we will, yeah. <laughs> uh, Marty, it's been an interesting offseason here in Winnipeg, and I, I, I think across the nation everyone's been seeing what's happening here in Winnipeg. Of course, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, sent to yeah. Los Angeles. Uh, the situation around Connor uh, Hellebuck still uh, undefined. Mark Scheifele still undefined. Uh, Blake Wheeler uh, getting bought out two, four days after the PLD trade. Um the Toronto Maple Leafs also have a very, very interesting offseason with a lot of question marks uh, as well. I mean, and we're going to go through them here, uh, but we'll we'll start off with sort of the biggest one is is William Nylander and his ongoing wow. contact dispute. I mean, he's a UFA at the end of this upcoming season. Uh, he's at a very serviceable, uh, and you correct me if I'm wrong, about $6.7 million, which he has definitely earned. Um, but he wants a big pay raise. And why is this complicating things so much for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, you know, it's very interesting because uh, Nylander has, well, first of all, fans ha- have, a lot of fans have this love-hate relationship with him, and it's and it's born in him holding out for that contract, right? And, but when you look at how productive he's been, he's actually earned earn that more he's he's especially you know he's evolved a bit gotten a little bit older uh 40 goals this season he's you know they've had players who have who have not performed during the playoffs and he has and you know he's certainly worth his contract and he is certainly going to get a raise now i don't think he's not going to get that that sizable raise that he wants 
mm-hmm. or maybe perhaps even deserves from the Maple Leafs because of their precarious financial situation right now. And, and by that, I mean precarious, of course, just being the salary cap. Um, it's, I, it, he's been such a good player, especially the last two years, that if it was not for this situation, I'm sure that he would be probably coming back. But I, I mean, I have no doubt that he won't, that he will not be in a Maple Leafs uniform. And I get that because of the money, um, Marty, but where do you think he could go? Where could he get the money? Like we just did a show yesterday here talking about Connor Hellebuck wants $9 million. There's a lot of teams that want Connor Hellebuck. Not a lot of them can afford his 6.2 million that he's going to make next year. Um, where does, where are you hearing, where are you thinking that Nylander might end up and at what price when we watch what's going on with Tarasenko, we see Bertuzzi only gets a one year deal at five and a half. Like, where is this destination? I I can't figure it out for like the, the Nylanders or the Hellebucks of the world. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I could, if it was him getting a very short term contract at that, you know, seven and a half or, well, probably even a little more than that, $8 million. I, you know, I could perhaps predict a, a des- perhaps a destination, but he's certainly not at 26, 27, whatever he is right now, going to, you know, going to want a contract like that. And honestly, even though he's been a very good player, I don't know who would pony up $9 million over five or more years for him. I, I really haven't been able to come to that conclusion at all. Yeah, Marty. So uh, Willie Nylander, he's obviously had a really good relationship with Jason Spezza. There was, yeah. some, there was some discourse there now that he's no longer there, but Shane Doan was added to the front office. And so I was just wondering what's the impact that Shane Doan's going to have on possibly retaining guys like Willie Nylander uh, Austin Matthews, obviously, and even potentially building a relationship with Matty Nyes, who's also from Arizona. What role is right. Shane Doan going to play for the Leafs? Oh yeah, no, I think he's going to play an important role, and I, I think it's kind of, it's kind of part of the turning. I think the turning of a page here, in in some ways, you know, with Kyle Dubas leaving and Brad Treliving coming in. And a different a different approach, and I think you know I think that Shane Doan is is a very good uh, you know is a very good go between uh, f- for this. I you know I, I think that Jason you know Jason Spencer everybody has loved Jason Spencer for so many reasons and and I I did as well and I'm I'm a little bit disappointed for him that that you know that he he's ended up leaving as, as part of this. Um, but I, you know, I, if professional, professional players are professional players and those relationships while important, um, I think they're more important in the, in the short term than in the long term. There's so many changes with pro sports teams that it happens in everyone's career. So I don't know that the, that the Nylander, um, you know, Spets a Spets relationship 
that that will be that big a thing to account for. I I have dealt with you know Brad for living for you know a long time with in Cal in Calgary, and he's a different a different kind of guy for the Maple Leafs, and and I think. You know, we'll see if, you know, he can, if this kind of thing can be beaten out of submission by him in Toronto, but, but <laughs> he's a much, a much more accommodating and, you know, kind of easy guy to talk, to talk with and a much more friendly approach. And I, and I, I really feel that that is an important, that that's been an important need you know, for the dressing room. And I, I mean, I hope that it would, it will extend to there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just wanted to segue from that to one thing. I know you guys, especially in Winnipeg, love Ryan Reeves and we all, you know, we all love Ryan Reeves and I, I loved his acquisition, you know, not so much, not so much on the offensive end, of course, but for what he brings, uh, you know the muscly brings and the mm-hmm. gritty brings, but for the the dressing room personality that he brings, I think that he can really be a major and positive influence here. Where you know it's not a knock on it's not a knock on their you know on their current player uh, you know the existing players in Toronto, but they need to take a different approach at this time. And I'm sorry, I kind of went in about five different ways. <laughs> no problem, Marty. We, we got two real quick ones here for you. Um, before we let you go, we are really right up against it and almost out of time here. Uh, but cap space. I mean, Sam Sonoff, he's got yeah. his arbitration date coming at the end of this month. Actually, not that not that, not that far off. Uh, and, I mean, when you look at the, the space with cap space with LTRR candidates, which, of course, Jake Muzzin's going to be on that list, there's about 3.2. Yeah. Plus, you're going to get Sam Sonoff, who's going to get a raise. He deserves it. What are the, what are the Leafs going to do in terms of cap space are going to have to ship somebody out. And you, you probably think it's going to be Nylander. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Nylander. And I think, I mean, I think that the, that the obvious ones have already been moved and, you know, in, in Bunting and Kerfoot uh, at this point, those, those were kind of, you know, uh, easy, easy to figure. I think it's going to be Nylander. Yes. And yeah. And I think that Samsonov was, you know, he had a really good, he had a very good season this year. I think that they're happy with Joseph Wall. Uh, will be happy with Joseph Wall as a backup, if not an eventual starter. Um, but you know, but I, you know, to be able to re-sign Samsonov, they're going to have to do that. And last one for you, Marty. And again, we only have about thirty seconds. So sorry to put you under the clock, but a lot of talk has been said about like on paper they're not as good but they needed this new direction it's kind of what we're hearing right. with Winnipeg's roster as well do you right. think this direction they're in is is needed and and going to be beneficial i.e. like it might not be as as sexy as the other rosters have been but they might get more accomplished yeah i de- i definitely believe so i i think that we we are at the point where they've you know they've gotten uh, incrementally better but they still haven't done what they've needed. And I think that at this point they do need to try, you know, to try something different. It might not look, you know, vastly different right now, but I think that we will see a, a, you know, a different approach. 
Uh, Marty Klinkenberg, he's a Leafs writer with the Globe and Mail. Marty, thanks so much uh, for, for taking the time. I know you're out in New Brunswick vacationing, and I really appreciate you popping on with us for, for a few minutes here. No worries. Thank you very much for asking me, guys. Thanks, Marty. All the yeah, best. We'll, we'll talk later during the season. That's Marty uh, on his way out. Let's come back. Well, Pete Rose. What's the situation around Pete Rose? He's back in the news. And no, it's not because of that horrendous uh, hair dye where it's jet black. Listen, Pete, you're, you're going a little, you're, you're aging out a little bit. You know, dial it back. You know, just half and half. It's like I think juicing. It it's <laughs> you think if you dye, it's juicing. I said that to Joe Pascucci years ago. Freddie might be listening, TSN cameraman. He's 82. It's like no one believes that your hair is jet black. Like That doesn't happen. How is it any different, A-Rod? I mean, Pete, <laughs> juicing. Uh, we'll talk about the Jets' offseason. Uh, some comments from the Daily Faceoff. What's the market for Shifley and Hellebuck? And, I mean, how is this affecting? Do, are the Jets even even interested in what current market value is? And uh, we'll talk some Jets' decor as the show goes on. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Well, Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Baseball, says no intention of altering Pete Rose's lifetime ban from baseball and said the sports commercial deal with gambling companies have no impact on the status of the career hits leader. You got got a five-second thought on that, uh, Jim? I, I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not opposed to not allowing him in. I just think it's a bad time right now. I think it's they're, time. They're trying, they're trying to get tight, and they're trying to bring in all this gambling stuff, and it's not the right time to bring Pete Rose back in. I think as time goes by, what's lost in this is what he did. And if you want to put it into today's terms, take a manager, and take John Schneider of the Blue Jays and have him gambling on games that he, he's involved in. I mean, I, I think Pete Rose should eventually get into the Hall of Fame. but I agree with that. And it's, it's different because he wasn't betting – for the other team, right? He's betting or he's betting for his own team. And to me, that's the ultimate sign of how do we know how that? much, how much faith do I have in my team that I'm going to, I'm going to toss. And a that being said, on. it had nothing to do with how great of a player he was. So that's the debate. Right? Oh yeah. Totally. Like, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back. Cam Poitras, Jim Toth, Tyson Rewicki. Sitting in uh, to the program today. He's going to be taking over for me in a couple of weeks when I uh, take off to distant Rehab. lands. Oh, uh, vacation. Sorry. Jim, that was in confidence. Sorry. Now I'm humiliated. No, no, you're not. You're okay. You're good. You see this? Do you, are you witnessing this? Tyson, this is what you have to say. This is what you're going to have to say. It's pretty, it's pretty That is an accusation. Like, it's outrageous. outrageous. I'm outraged. I'm outraged. The nerve. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Wait a minute. Are you enjoying yourself? How are you doing? I'm having a blast so far. Okay. Marty, Marty was bringing the hits there in, the, in that first segment. It was, Marty was bringing a good question. Yeah. I have to say, it was a good question. Uh, it's fascinating what they'll do, but this is what we're talking about with the Jets, too, not to yeah. derail this this next topic, but like you hearing the same thing about the Leafs. And it's, it's bizarre that for years now, the two rosters, how they've been built, have mirrored each other. We compare the Ehlers contract to the Nylander yeah. one. We compare the Shifley one to... Um, uh, other Leafs yeah, and how they're so, constructed and how they need. So like the only difference between basically the yeah. between the way the two teams have been built is Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck's a legitimate top three goalie in the league, and the Leafs can't find and one. And the Leafs had be- have a better top, have a, have had a better and, top. And six. They, they've they've overpaid. And so how the two franchises mirror themselves, and now it's in the offseason, Like I was talking with Marty, is 
like this team for the Jets on paper will not look as deadly with the firepower. And, and same with the Leafs. But it's, there's a consensus, I would think, and fans let us know at 780-6868 that this, a new direction is needed to be more successful. And so I'm fascinated by how getting rid of skill could make your organization, either Toronto or the Jets, better. Yeah. Right. And they went in a different direction up front, but there's still obviously those concerns on the back end too. Like you have Morgan Riley, but after Morgan Riley, you really didn't do too much to improve your defense. You added John Klingberg, but if anything, that's going to, that's going to hamper the defensive game instead of improve it. So it's going to be interesting. So there's lots of teams that want to change, but is it possible here? And now this is an interesting conversation uh, that I listened to uh, just earlier. It was on the daily face off. Frank Cervalli uh, was talking about, um, about the market specifically for, for, for Shifley and Hellebuck giving up and we'll, we'll use this as a talking point and then we'll go on. Uh, Frank Cervalli said um, in his NHL offseason update, been a little bit quiet on that front in speaking about Connor Hellebuck. The market has been really difficult to drum up for Hellebuck. I don't know what that looks like, where he goes, how that ends up. Now, Shifley, he continued, is interesting to me because first off, it'll be really curious to see what it's like in that organization without Blake Wheeler. Those two guys are pretty close. At the same time, I'm a little bit surprised because coming off a career year with 42 goals, there, uh, there really, ha- uh, there really has, or there really wasn't more interest in this guy that was only making six one two five, six point one six point one two five million dollars. And yes, you need to pay him, and if you're trading him, you don't have to. You can keep him as a rental. But at six one uh, six point one two five, there hasn't been teams frothing at the mouth to get a center like Shifley at age thirty with a hockey IQ off the charts. That part has been really surprising to me. And maybe it's because the Jets hold him in such high value, or maybe it's because the Jets are wondering if they can really com- be competitive for another year with the guys that they have. They basically added another line of forwards to their team. That That is, is are the Winnipeg Jets, and we, we know this over the last number of years, they've listened to offers. Kevin Dayoff earlier on this year has said they've been listening. They've been looking around. Um, but it, it, there, there's a, there's a price to be paid. If you want to get Mark Scheifele on your team, there's a price. And the Winnipeg Jets are more than willing to hold on to him and bring him back this year. And they believe the same way with Connor Hallebuck. Um, and then, and then sort of see what happens and see if things are going to be different. I don't know. Do you think things are going to be different this year coming up? You think that the Winnipeg Jets have the potential to be a better team? Um, well, I mean, it's definitely going to be different. I mean, uh, like, are they yeah. are they a playoff team first and foremost? You'll look at the roster. Well, that's the only question that matters. And, and are say, they a playoff team? Re- you say it remains the same as it is now. Yeah. Are you making the playoffs without Pierre Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler, but Gabe Vlardi, Iafello? Uh, are you are you in the postseason? And and Hellebuck's here and Shifley's here. I think you are. I, I think you can push for the playoffs and get in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really fascinated in the whole. How, how do I say it? Like, it's not the analytics of the game, but this team is, has given up way too much for years now. Yeah. I don't think Blake Wheeler was one of the reasons for that, and people are going to scream at the radio right now and go look at the analytics, but look at the analytics when he's not with certain players. He Look at the playoffs. He was six points in five games, very good defensively, very mm. responsible, everything like that. Um, the Pierre-Luc Dubois is interesting. Like, it's it's sort of... I think the Jets have to go in a, a way of they have the skill in Ehlers and Connor and, and Perfetti and those players. 
they need to be they need to stop giving up stuff. They need to be harder to play against. Yeah, that's they, the problem. They need to be get rid of this philosophy that we will outscore our problems. And I think with an IFLO, the way he works and the way he plays the game, Gabe Velarde right now has skill, but I, I think he plays that way too. I think a different philosophy, and I'm going to use the name Brendan Dillon. The Brendan Dillon style of hockey, where it's in your face, it's tough, it's hard-nosed, we don't want to give up a lot, uh, kind of yeah. like less offense, more defense could w- lead to more wins with this roster. Yeah, And so I, I think that there's still more change to come. But I, I'm fascinated by this. Like the Leafs believe under Treliving, and he's a guy who who had a, a very highly skilled team in Calgary, yeah. but had a coach who got them to play defense, and that defense led to more offense, historic offense for some of those players that are no longer there now. And then it cratered. And so you you bring in who you brought into Toronto, and a lot of this is cap. Like you're gonna you're gonna have to look at like go to Nylander. Yeah. But can you? And I don't want to say Vegas because they just won, and I hate that it is a copycat league, and everybody looks at this but the old adage of like the st louis cup run where bennington was out of his head fair enough but there wasn't a bona fide tarasenko maybe but he's yeah. not a top 10 scorer top well, ryan o'reilly in, as a two-way O'Reilly, guy, was, two-way a guy. Yeah. but some a, a team that sort of outworks you can can you win more and and i think in the west you can't yeah like the edmonton's gonna crush everybody colorado's gonna crush everybody vegas i think you can still hang and work with even though they're the Stanley Cup champions, LA is going to be a tough team to play against. I think but the LA's rest of the West, good. I think if you if you give up less and not score as much, I think you can get some wins out of this roster. Yeah, and Gabe Velarde and Alex follow compared to Pierre-Luc Dubois' defensive prowess, where we're talking about average at best, yeah. they improved greatly in that area. And yes. That's something that's going to make them, like you mentioned, a much harder team to play against. But one of the things is that we you don't want your team to just be a playoff team, right? You want your team to be a cup contending team, a team that can, that can win a Stanley cup. And I'm not entirely sure that having this group, the way that they are as currently constructed with Mark Shifley, with Connor Hellebuck on the team right now, obviously Connor Hellebuck gives the jets the best chance to win, but Mark Shifley right now, I think that you should be looking to make a move before the season starts. I just Going into the going into another season where Mark Shifley is going to be relied upon to be your number one center and be your number one scoring punch, yeah. but as we've seen, as the seasons go on, you, you start to see that production dip. Yeah. I, I looked at I looked at Shifley's numbers and I and I I go back to the last year where he was good, really really good defensively back in 2018, and the numbers have gone steadily in the wrong direction in that. Um, the biggest challenge for the Winnipeg Jets and the biggest hole that they have right now is getting their forwards to play solid, structured defense. And they have not got that from enough of their guys. And that's just a fact. And it's been the biggest thing that's been holding them back. And the, and I think the Winnipeg Jets also, I think there's some concern there as well about going into next year and not having Connor Hellebuck between the pipes. Because if you look at the numbers and you, and you take a look, I mean, he has... Oh, he he's he's carried this team in so many ways over the last little well, bit. Well, he's carried him in so many ways, but if you take away if you if you get the 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 horses to take away the high danger chances, and you're not going to eliminate well, all is, of them because the roster is, 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 is totally that, is changed. Is that the forward but. group, you know, having Hellebuck back there saving their bacon so so often that there is sort of this lackadaisical idea about hey, he's going to make the save or you know, we have him back there, we can take extra chances. This team has historically played better when he's not in. 
they know that. Like, it's a subconscious thing that we've got to be a little bit tighter tonight. We've got to play a little. Now, I'm not saying they can do that for 82 games with no Connor Hellebuck, but um, like, I am fascinated, guys, by the Gabe Velarde, IFLO, Nito Niederreiter, Kyle Connor, Nick Ehlers, Adam Lowry. I mean, who are the two best players in the playoffs for five games? It was Adam Lowry and it was Blake Wheeler. Yeah, those were the two best, yeah. And and those guys work every night. Say what you want about them, or especially Wheeler, but he works. He works his tail off. Mm-hmm. Nita Ryder does that. Lowry does that. Iafello does that. Gabe Velarde has done that from what I've seen from him. I, I think if you can become that kind of a tougher team to play against and give up less – it would be great if you could do that and have Hellebuck. I think you can make the playoffs. Right, and you can teach. There's still the ability to teach players to play the right way. You mentioned Vegas, who absolutely ran through the playoffs, but even Florida, there was... Keith Chuck called out the team with 15 games left <laughs> in the season, and then you see the run that they go on, and all of a sudden, you know, they start clicking in the playoffs, and they start playing a tougher game against some of these teams, and even the series against the Leafs. See, and... And people are asking us, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. Jacob's like saying, I don't get it. They couldn't make it with those guys. So how is it now a thing with those guys? Well, that's the point, Jacob. They couldn't get it. This team on paper, and people hate that, but on paper, it's great. It's a great top six, top nine, and the defense is pretty solid, and you have a world-class goaltender, and they didn't get anywhere. No. So like the Leafs, Change it up. Why well, we had Sean Reynolds on the show Bring a in few some weeks skill ago. Guys that can do some other things yeah. and see if that works better. Yeah. Because you can't. What are you going to add more skill to this? Well, and, and you're not. You have to change the direction, the philosophy, the kind of style, and the style has to be tougher. It has to be tougher to score against this team. They got to be. The, the, yeah, they got to. That's exactly what it is. They have to be tougher to, to score against. We had Sean Reynolds, and he was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he was going around the league. He was covering. Uh, the Stanley Cup final, and you know, obviously, you meet a lot of people from all walks of life in this in this league and in the National Hockey League. Uh, and the constant question is, what's going on in Winnipeg? You know, it, it's it's. I mean, there's 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 some people that that they get it, and there's some people that they don't. The Winnipeg Jets have been an underperforming team uh, ever since they made their their run to the West. They've had the West to score final. three or more goals. Now they to did win get games. they did get gutted. Uh, on on the blue line, and then they lost Brian Little and all that stuff. And that has had a big effect on this team. There's no doubt about it. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that we're now so many years removed from that, and they need guys to play defense, and it's particularly in the top six forward group. Like when they play the Oilers, what did we see? 7-5, 6-4. You can't play the Oilers that way anymore. Well, you you got to start playing the Oilers. You're not going to win in the playoffs two. like that. The and, final and, point to Tyson, we'll take yeah. a break here. Well, and the Jets, the hardest part is finding the high-end talent, right? The Jets have the high-end talent. They have Kyle Connor. They have Josh Morrissey. They have Connor Hellebuck in net. It's about finding those pieces that complement that group the right way. And I think that over these past couple of seasons, there's just been too many... The, the forward groups just haven't been able to complement each other enough. The lines don't really... It's not so much of a flow. You need, you need to have a flow throughout the game where certain lines are doing... Like the Lowry line, doing the checking. Kyle Connor's line is obviously going to focus primarily on scoring. And then you just move down to your second line. What are they going to do? Fourth line, what are they going to do? And you build sort of just have a good flow within your team that every player complements them. And that way you can also move guys and up and down the lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. Uh-oh. I'm letting Tyson run this next segment. Uh-oh. Bring I'm it. Get, I'm getting a little nervous. Bring it. See what you got. I like it. We'll that, but, I mean, that's the discussion that's going in the offseason is how you can retool 
But we, and we were talking just before we break, Hellebuck and Shifley being here. If you move those two pieces, you're probably bringing in two to three others, maybe four with the two guys. The texter and says what they we need can D. Do. Yeah, I, I, I think a couple of stay-at-home defensemen make a huge difference in this team, and maybe it's somebody else in net in the future here that could see some success. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back to Jets at Noon. I'm Tyson Rewicki along with Cam Poitras and Jim Toth. And we were talking about the Jets' decor a little earlier today, and it kind of reminds me of the show today, actually. You know, it's it's a little bit different, but for the most part, it's exactly the same. And so I was just wondering, <laughs> you know, with the, with the log jam... <laughs> You're going to fit in real good here. <laughs> with the log jam on the left side, you know, there's... What, what could potentially happen there? You know, we could have some young pieces on the move, whether mm-hmm. that's in a Connor Hellebuck or Mike, Mark Shifley trade. Could a veteran potentially be on the move? I was just curious on what your guys' thoughts are going to be for the uh, uh, decor this upcoming season. I, I, I think the Nate Schmitz and the Dylan DeMellos and the Brendan Dillons, I, I think those guys are going to be coming back. I think if there's going to be any changes on the de- on the defense, it's going to be guys coming in, uh, in trades with Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck, if and when, if they do happen... Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm about 50, 50 on those happening at all during this off season here, but I, and, and I think if there's going to be changes, I think that log jam gets alleviated because I think, you know, Logan Stanley or Ville Hainala, uh, might get packaged up in those deals or, uh, Ville Hainala could be sticking around another year and get another contract at 900 K, uh, a two year deal and potentially find his way onto the lineup here at some point and, and be a real good option on the blue line for a cheap price. I, I think that that's, What's going to be happening with 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 this with this with this decor? Because I mean, Logan Stanley, he didn't even go to arbitration uh, this upcoming contract here, and he's still under team control. So um, I think we're going to have to wait and see. But I think if there's going to be any big any big changes on on the blue line, I, I think it's going to be guys coming in and uh, potentially some of that log jam, particularly on the left side, getting moved out. The one th- the one thing that worries me about sending Billy back down to the minors is just that I feel like that just screams going back to Europe after the season's over. Well, look, I mean, it's it's asset management. And and the problem with asset management is the player can't dictate that. He's got no resume. Um everybody's been waiting for Villy Hainola. If Villy Hainola played his way onto this roster, he'd be on the roster. Yeah. And you'd be waving somebody else and you would be hoping that somebody else got picked up uh, on the waiver wire. Um, I think this is great asset management. Let's do it this way for everybody who's listening concerning Villy Hainola. Say he pans out this year, and like Dylan Sandberg, and he earns himself a spot in the roster. You have him under control at a very reasonable price for another couple seasons. Even though he needs another contract, he'll have one. Dylan Sandberg's getting $1.4 million. Say Hainola makes this roster, plays a second power play, and puts up 40 points. What are you looking at for the next two to three years? Paying him $2 million per? That's smart by the Winnipeg Jets. And, and you're not going to convince me that over the past two years that he was a difference maker on this roster. He wasn't a, when he played. He's still on an entry-level contract. That's what I, I mean. mean. It's, it's like good 20, asset management. He's 22. Like, he doesn't have here. to be traded. He doesn't have to be anything. He could be in line for the next four or five years as a Winnipeg Jet at a very reasonable cost. I don't know why people are upset about that. That's great asset management. And if you have to move somebody else, then you move somebody else. And if he's not ready, you have that option to send him down. The Winnipeg Jets want Ville Hainola to be good enough to play on this roster. That's what they want. They don't want to keep sending him down. 
they want him on the team playing well and helping them. Mm-hmm. And I think this has been really good asset management with him. Yeah, and you have the luxury of sending him down to, my, to the minors like you mentioned, but you don't have that same luxury with a guy like Declan Chisholm. And even going back to last, no, yeah. and, and going back to last training camp, I'm, and I'm a huge fan of Declan Chisholm. I think he's got exactly what it takes to be a top six defenseman in the NHL, and, and he's played the right side too as a left-handed shot. Mm-hmm. But la- going back to last year, Johnny Kovacevic ends up on waivers, and Montreal scoops him up. Yeah, and they, he, they don't want to do that again. Exactly. And no, no, but, he, but he's, he's going to be the seventh defenseman. I'm like, I mean, why would why would you why would you not send Ville down? Yeah, when he's waiver exempt. I mean, he's on an ELC. He's on an entry level deal in the, in the in the National Hockey League. Chisholm isn't. All we do is talk about cap management. All we do is talk about how nobody wants to come here, and then all we hear about when a young guy is drafted high that you got to get him out of here. You got to get him in the lineup. No, you don't. You need to maximize in Winnipeg the maximum you can get out of any draft pick. But does he want to be here? He might not, and you might. He might say, "I'm going to Europe." <laughs> well, you know, good luck. But I mean, do you want to be in Europe? You still qualify him, and you keep him, anyways. Thank you very much, Tyson Rewicki, uh, for helping us co-host the show today. Jim Totes can take you all the way till three o'clock. Jeffrey Forche, thank you so much for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See you. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB.